hello, and welcome to the Mac Gamecast episode 30. I'm John Carr, as always, and with me today is Casper. How you doing? Hey, nice to be back for another exciting episode. <laughs> Hooray, and the wonderful Ted. How are you doing? Doing well. Awesome. All right. Um, we've been a little absent in our scheduling. Sorry about that. Two listeners, we're trying to get back on track. Casper and I were just talking. Maybe we can do... Um, you know, maybe episodes twice a month. I mean, we used to be doing them every week, then we fell off to like twice a month and like once a month. And now <laughs> it's been like five or six weeks due to scheduling problems. So what could be interesting is perhaps more frequent episodes that are shorter, like maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, instead of mm-hmm. these like hour, hour and a half. I think a couple ran like hour 45, you know. Um, I like a good long podcast when I'm driving or whatever, but they're harder to schedule. Um you run out of time. Some people are too bloated for people to listen to. So I think the more focused segments, especially right now when we tend to have snippets of news rather than like, wow, this like earth shattering year long cool thing or something we could really sink our teeth into. Um, so we're going to peek at that if we can. Um, and I think, you know, Lily's still on deployment. She's been gone for several months. Sam, I don't really know. He disappeared into a black hole. <laughs> I think, I think he said he should be more back from October, winter, right? Yeah, I think he said that. So he'll be back. And we're also trying a new podcasting software in case you notice any audio differences. Uh, that's ongoing. Zencaster. So with that out of the way, um, we're talking about a few things today. Um, some more game streaming stuff, Google Stadia. Um, maybe Ted wants to talk about No Man's Sky, um, Little Larry Village something. I don't actually even know what that is. That'll be Casper's domain. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, some really interesting emulation stuff, which is always fun to talk about. More like cool games, newer games that can be played on Mac through emulation. So we'll get the ball rolling. Um, I want to just get this out of the way, the streaming thing, because I just linked it. Uh, You know, surprising no one, as I said, Google Stadia. Stadia? Stadia? I think it's Stadia. Is shutting down in January for good uh there were rumors of it i think earlier this year or last year like people were thinking maybe they were going to go under and they assured everyone no no we're investing more money and more publishers (laughs) and more i think even exclusives made just for the platform and now they're going under the good news is since they're google and they're a giant megacorp um they're actually going to refund everyone for the hardware and software which is great if this was i think a smaller company they would have gone under and just too bad your money's gone so, I mean, the monthly fee you paid, I'm sure is, you know, that's, you're not going to get that back. But the games you bought, and I guess the hardware, which you'd send back to them, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't read everything. But do you guys have any feelings on that? <laughs> or thoughts, comments? I mean, as you say, it's not exactly a big surprise. When this first started, everyone was like, oh, another project for Google to abandon in six months or whatever, <laughs> like, already from the start, right? <laughs> Right. So it's it's not a huge surprise. Um, it is a shame, I think, because you know it's it's another platform that could have given us um, an angle to play games that we might not otherwise be able to, especially on uh, as Mac gamers, right, where mm-hmm. we have a limited catalog normally. Um, so a streaming service going under, it's not good news. But no, um, at the same time, I don't know. I I never had a lot of faith in the model that Stadia was uh, pushing as opposed to services like GeForce Now for the pure fact that Stadia required developers to write the game specifically for the Stadia platform. 
Oh, um, right. It was its own ecosystem. It's so, like it had its own frameworks to develop for and stuff like that. And while there were probably a lot of similarities between it and developing a PC port, I would imagine I haven't actually looked into the development environment. It was hmm. still a separate target that you had to develop for, which meant that obviously they were going to have a harder time getting developers on board. And as opposed to GeForce Now, where you know the PC port exists and that's all that you really need. Like, yeah, at GeForce, they still do, like NVIDIA still does um, licensing agreements and stuff to have the games on the platform, I think. But, you know, it's yeah. still a substantially smaller hurdle to overcome. So, yeah. It is. It is. No, it's not a good thing. It's just there was a funny comment I posted from PC Gamer um, mm-hmm. from, a, you know, just a user. This is like when you read the death announcement of a Hollywood actor you already thought had died long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot Google Stadia was a thing, you know. Mm. Um, to be fair, I was aware of it because I was in their early beta for a test, and I tested mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey on it, and it was honestly phenomenal. It looked so good. At the time, it was actually better than um, GeForce Now. Uh, like, not by a lot, but a little, a little like, sharper clarity was there, and it was all through my browser, not even an app. I was like, holy cow, this is really cool. And then they gave me yeah. um, Odyssey for free, which is even cooler. Um, of course, you know, basically I received a free game. I'm not reviewing Stadia. I mean, it's shutting down, but mm-hmm. it just occurred to me, well, you know, you also might have some bias, but I would, but I would also never recommend anyone get into Google Stadia. Pretend it's going on for another 10 years. I just can't. It's a closed ecosystem. It's the same problem with OnLive. Everything was OnLive only. Everything was separate. Mm-hmm. There were no cloud saves. There were no mods. There was no not. It was all its own system. Just can't, mm-hmm. can't recommend it, you know? when something like GeForce Now exists. And it's just so much superior. Yeah, yeah that's everywhere. another good advantage of GeForce Now because it does just run through your Steam or whatever. So if you do make a save file, you can continue that on any other platform that connects to your Steam account. Yeah, no, yeah you, know, you know, a normal I, Windows yeah. system or whatever. No, it works remember, really well, yeah. yeah. I remember doing that with um, back when I was using, I mean, I still use it, but yeah, I was just traveling with my laptop to my sister's place helping her out some years ago when I was playing... Um, you know, Total War on my Mac side or Doom 2016. Back then, the Bethesda stuff was on GeForce Now. And then I would go back to my iMac and pick up, but playing it in boot camp mm-hmm. and everything just synced, you know? Yeah. And all my mods were loaded into Total War, Warhammer, like the whole list of 20 of them. And it was just like, super cool. Speaking of uh, GeForce mm-hmm. Now and licensing, um, they just added the Total War games back, one, two, and three. Warhammer, Total War. The only ones anyone actually cares about. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, no, no offense to all you other Total War fans out there, but <laughs> they didn't. I don't think they added any of the other Total Wars, just those three. Maybe maybe it's just because I own them. I don't know. I didn't actually punch in Total War. Okay, I got to do it right now. Yeah, that, that, that could be. Yeah, there that could it be is. it. Yeah, there it is mm-hmm. the problem. I need to like put my laptop up on a little little booster. Let me see. Total War. Me, and then we'll, we're going to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, nope. It's just the Warhammer games. Rip. Hmm. Rip other Total War fans. Hmm. I mean, I guess, yeah, there's not like Total War Troy and yada yada on there. Hmm. Anyway, you know, yeah, not like a good thing, but as you said, I mean, and I recall you talking about that a year or two back, like, oh, they'll abandon, or maybe it was St. You and Sam, like, wonder when they'll abandon it. Yeah. Well, you know, the usual corporate speak, it didn't gain the traction and, uh, you know, user base we had hoped for, yada, yada, yada. It's Mm. no longer feasible, so on and so forth. But it is pretty cool that they are giving refunds because, like, you could argue that 
even like even if you don't get a refund for the subscription thing, which you probably don't, just if you have had some time to enjoy your hardware and software with them, then it would be fair to not give a complete refund or whatever. But for the full last year or like re year back, they'll give a re full refund as far as I can tell. So that's pretty cool of them. It is cool. I actually respect them for that. And that's a good move mm -hmm. because they didn't have to. They could have, you know, just been jerks. Yeah. It does make nice. it easier to like gamble and trust future endeavors they might like attempt, even if you suspect they'll probably abandon those two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can get more or less a full refund, maybe minus a small subscription fee, like why not? You know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've been using GeForce Now again on and off, uh, getting back into Cyberpunk <laughs> due to the yeah. Edge Runners show. We plan to review that perhaps next week or two. Um, fun times. Uh, have I been playing anything else in there? No, I haven't. Just Cyberpunk. But um, I have to say their service has downgraded even on the premium version, the paid one. You have to go to the 3080 tier, the most expensive one. Then it looks like insanely good. Oh, okay. But even on like the middle tier now, which used to be flawless, is now kind of like eh, a little. Oh, that's a shame. A little grainy, and a mm. little. I think I had some audio stutters and stuff like that, which I've never gotten otherwise. Mm. So I don't know if you know other servers overloaded. They have too many users. I don't know. But the 3080 tier is exclusive machines in servers, whereas the rest, I think they're sharing the premium rigs with the free users. Maybe is my guess. Mm. Or the data centers, I don't know what it is exactly. Like where along the chain of hardware and connections is the issue, but um, that has gone down, unfortunately. That being said, you know, it cost even without a discount, which I still have as a founder. It's two hundred a year or a hundred for six months. Which for a thirty eighty, you know, GPU, I mean I think those run around $800 US. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know. I could buy like four years worth of cloud gaming or buy the GPU plus PC. Of course, then you own the PC. It's kind of like leasing versus buying your own sort of a thing. But yeah, I think it's still a pretty, I was talking about because I'm considering buying a PC tower, <gasps> the heretic, um, oh my. <laughs> strictly for gaming stuff. And I was talking about this with my buddy because I have this new ultra wide monitor, which I can't show you right now. Um, I can post a screenshot though. Oh, I don't have it on my desktop, whatever. Um, so I'm using it for web work right now, which is great because it's, you know, 34 inch. But I'm like, coincidentally, I happened to buy one um, that's also a gaming monitor because I couldn't find one that's bright enough. So this one also has, you know, 175 hertz refresh rate, G-Sync compatible, nice. 0.1 MS, you know. Uh, yeah, nice. What do you call it? Um, goes up to a thousand nits, I think, brightness with uh, yeah. HDR nice. and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a nice. uh, OLED, but a some sort of special one, like new tech. It's from last year. Anyway, it, I haven't gamed on it at all yet, but it's a darn nice work monitor. So that's what it's primarily for. But now that I have it, I'm like, kind of makes me want to hook up a tower to it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know play some stuff and you know ultra wide. Anyway, oh that'd be nice. Yeah, maybe maybe next year. And then I'm, you know, yeah. And then I go look at a PC and it's like, well, I'd spend probably like three grand. My, my buddy's like, or you could just spend like 200 a year on GeForce Now. <laughs> I'm like, eh, yeah, you know, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to argue. Of course, the argument is, well, if I want to play a game, not on GeForce Now, 
whatever. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there is also the fact of like video compression artifacts and stuff like that. So the experience isn't exactly one to one with like buying a PC with a 3080 and using the GeForce streaming service. But yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Also, GeForce Now, it's getting interesting. The 3080 tier is getting better. They now support up to 4K resolution. Last mm. I used it, they didn't. Because um, I, I used it a while, downgraded, then upgraded just the other day. Um, and they also support surround sound now. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Up to, I think, 5.1 or maybe even 7.1, at least 5.1. Um, so that's pretty cool. The only thing they don't have, if, if they added ultra-wide support, I'd be like, oh, that'd be <laughs> great. Because then, then it really wouldn't bother buying a tower, yeah. um, probably. Anyway, you know, they're always upgrading the service, so that's cool. But that's, uh, people are probably tired of hearing me praise streaming all the time, but uh, I do like it. So speaking of alternate ways to play games on Mac, Casper, you've had perhaps some interesting um, news or, you know, reading about news, how to play some games through a crossover and stuff. Well, it's mainly um, work done by Andrew Sai, actually, who we had on the podcast I Wait, guess quite I a while back. I think it's episode now. six or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's released a lot of YouTube videos lately. With um, so on on one hand, a lot of emulators have seen a lot of progress very quickly. Um, some like brand new entries uh, coming to Mac for the first time, like a Nintendo Switch emulator, for example. Uh, I should mention that it's like really early days, and for most games, it can just about like get to the menu, and that's it. There are some games that are seemingly fully playable, at least for the small bit that was tested so far, but it's super early days. It's just like interesting that the development is now happening and they're bringing out Mac versions. Um, I think the Switch emulator I'm referring to here was um, a case where it had pretty much just gone open source, where it had been under closed source development for a while. And then, boom, open source, and immediately someone goes and makes a Mac fork of it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, right. And, you know, I, I think it's pretty, it's native M1 as well, which given that the Nintendo Switch also uses an ARM processor means it's like, unlike all these other situations where you're maybe using M1 native emulation, you're still then also emulating a different architecture. In this case, you're actually only emulating, I guess it's hardly even emulation, then the, the software stack where the CPU itself would run the same architecture as the Switch itself newer revision of it um in addition to that there is like a wii u emulator that has gotten uh, more development on the mac i think it was called cemu or maybe that was another one that was also done because there's a lot of development in the space uh, i recommend like looking at andrew's size channel on youtube where he like does demonstration of all these um again all, all of what i'm mentioning now is early day simulation just starting out with mac versions I think it's just interesting to point out that there is development in the space. Nice. Um, in more playable things you can actually like properly use now and aren't just like, hey, things are happening early alpha versions, beta versions. Um, there was a patch done to Molten VK, which is the Mac translation layer for Vulkan um, that you know you will also use when you use things like crossover to emulate Windows games. It'll kind of go through this two-pass thing where it first translates DirectX, which is a Windows graphics API, into Vulkan. And then it uses Molten VK to translate Vulkan into Metal so it can run on the Mac. Um, and there's a unofficial patch to Molten VK done by a developer named NAS, who has also done work previously on like things like the um, RPCS3 PS3 emulator for, uh, Mac version. 
Um, this patch allows a lot of Unreal Engine 4 games that previously didn't really run properly on the crossover to now work mm -hmm. more or less. It does require turning off a post-processing effect, so the colors might look slightly different than they would in the native version. But it means that a lot of games that previously just had black screens or didn't really look proper at all are now playable uh, through a crossover, Unreal nice. Engine 4 games specifically. This includes uh, Stray, Jedi Fallen Order, and a bunch of games I can't remember the name of. <laughs> but there's yeah. a bunch of Unreal Engine those 4 are, games. Those are, you know, Stray really blew up. So I think, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people probably know what that is. And if you don't, you should go check it out. Uh, really cool. It's game. a super fun game. I I played through all of it through bootcamp. Um, well, I say all of it. I actually still need to uh, get a few collectibles. There's these memories <laughs> you can collect, um, yeah. and I want the backstory of those because they're not just like dumb collect a million feathers or whatever. <laughs> they are like they give uh, expansion on the backstory of the world and stuff. So that's right. Fun. But did um, you stop and scratch like every carpet and rug you could? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> also knock down all the little buckets and everything all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch out, watch out, watch out. Yeah. Um, th th there's a fun bit where um, like extremely tiny, not really spoiler, just like a fun little, not even Easter egg, but a little um, detail. There's a bit where two robots are playing Mahjong, the little card game. And if you jump on the table, the cards fly everywhere, and they look so sad when they start <laughs> to pick up the cards again. It's, oh, uh, that's it's pretty fun to like terrorize everything. But everyone, or most of them, still think you're cute. <laughs> right. And they look happy when you like bump your head into them sometimes. It's cute. Nice. Uh, it's a very sweet game. Yeah, can highly recommend it. Um, also, there's a dedicated button to just meow, and you, you know you gotta love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I bought the game for my nephew, who's 14. Um, he had it on his wish list. It was his birthday like a month ago, and I bought it to him. He's like, yay, you know. Nice. He said he would save up and buy it, you know, I don't know, doing odd jobs or allowance or something. But, you know, I figured I should be a cool guy and buy him a game for his birthday. You know, it's mm -hmm. like 25, 30 bucks or something. It wasn't crazy. If it was 60, it might have been like, eh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun to be had in it, and it is a you know game that's friendly towards pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, there are sections that might be scary to like super young audiences with these little circ creatures that are you know the enemies of the game, so to speak. They'll just like haunt hunt you down and try to eat you, but they are mm. they they kind of look cute, honestly, more than anything. <laughs> it might just be scary to have like a thousand of them running after you if you're like. I don't know, five maybe. I don't know. Sure. But it is yeah. generally friendly towards everyone. And it is you know, a lot of fun and nice world, uh, cute world. Um, has slight, you know, dystopian vibes to it as well. Um, so there's like, uh, I, I wouldn't say adult story to it, but there is a developed uh, full story and background right, right. in the world. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, nice. Also got a lot of really nice puzzles in there. Um, not puzzles that are like super challenging necessarily, but there are moments where you're like, oh, I can use this code I found over here for this thing. And uh, this must mean that I decoded in this way. I, I, like, I don't want to spoil any of the puzzles specifically, but, th but there are some puzzles that, you know, again, not super difficult, but you might need to think for some of them at least. Right. 
Ted, did you ever check out that game, Stray? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, I, I was, I've seen that it came out, and I've been kind of looking into it, but I haven't actually played it yet. So, right. There is a game you have played a lot of, right? And that is No Man's Sky. Um, well, I wouldn't say a lot of, but I've been, <laughs> I've definitely gotten my feet wet with it. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's really uh, quite, quite immense. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I, uh, um, there's, you have an entire universe to search, <laughs> and you know you can either do construction. On one area, I spent most of my time on the first uh, solar system I have uh, got into because it was just so many things to do there and find and build up your equipment and stuff like that and learning the interface. Um, but there's there is some interaction and I haven't figured uh, with other with real people. I haven't figured that part out, but I did go to this. There's this one thing called uh, the Nexus where it it's like a space station that you can get to by asking for it to show up <laughs> as opposed to the ones that are near everywhere in the universe which are just you i'm playing the stand you know the by myself game there's a, you play the by yourself or you can play the cooperative the cooperative allows um other people to exist in your world or you can join a I, for the lack of a better word, a server that has other people that are also there. And that one can allow like PVP and or you can turn it off and interacting with other people like trading or um, doing other things. But I haven't really got into that a whole lot. But when you get into the Nexus, there's real people there. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like uh, it's almost like anybody that's playing the game that's looking for something there is there and you can just talk to them, interact with them, join, have, ask them to join a game with you if you're having a, a situation. But when you're, when you're playing by yourself, um, yeah, there's just so much to find. I mean, basically it, it starts off and, and um, you're on a planet and you don't know how you got there and you don't <laughs> know why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> typical start of a game um <laughs> and and as time goes on it kind of teaches you the interface and you you repair your equipment and then you find out you have a ship and then you find the ship and then you repair the ship and then you find out it's a real crappy ship <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and it goes on from there but um the the planets are just loaded with things to find and um it which is equipment that you can either use to, to, you know, to sell or, you know, upgrade your own equipment. You learn how to build buildings and um, you can build these really complex buildings, which I haven't really gotten too far into. But the idea of the buildings is most of the planets are hostile to some degree. And like you, you need either you usually need oxygen or sometimes you need also um insulation from bad environments either hot or super cold and mm -hmm. so you've got to recharge all that and you you know so if you make a building you've got a place you can sit to do things um that type of thing or you can sit in your spaceship <laughs> which i is what i tend to do but then you know you can build storage facilities and all that type of stuff um there is a string of uh, 
one of the things about this game that's really different, uh, I should start by saying this, is that there's not a whole lot of quests. It's not your typical game where, okay, you show up and it says, okay, go do this, go talk to this guy, go, you know, go over, figure this one out. It's, it's, you can either do just straight out exploring and just go anywhere you want and look for whatever you, you know, look for things. Or there's a handful of little quests and stuff you can do when you pick those up at the Nexus. But there's one string that is, you know, you can start on your own um, that kind of walks you through how to do all the different aspects of travel. Like when, you're, when you first get your ship, it doesn't have the capability of doing warp, which means you're kind of stuck in that solar system. So then you get... You then you have to figure out how to build warp cores and the part fix your engine up so you can do that. And then it kind of teaches you how to go to other solar systems and all, so on like that. So there's a few quests, but most of it is um, exploration, which I really like. Um, you make money by f uh, scanning things like uh, mineral deposits, beasts, plants. Um, finding new locations on planets and stuff like that and mm -hmm. um so i mean you could literally i mean i've literally spent hours and not really seem like i've gotten anywhere <laughs> but it's it's a lot it sounds kind of boring from the top but when you're playing it it's just a lot of i find myself just really intrigued by it but i've always been the type of person that likes to explore like even in mmos when I was playing uh, World of Warcraft, the original game before it expanded 15 times, or whatever, um, one of my favorite achievements was I actually got the, um, the you know, the achievement of, a, of of World Explorer by having actually looked at every part of the world, <laughs> and you know, so that's one of the things I like to do. So there's an awful lot of um, exploration, finding stuff, gathering equipment, building up money, and eventually. I know you can do this, but I haven't had any personal experience with it, is you can get a fleet of ships and you can hire peop other uh, NPCs to do things for you, like fly your ships, act as protection, go, uh, you know, build minerals, you know, search out minerals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, bat, the game has antagonists, uh, which are pirates, which I ended up defeating a pirate yesterday when I was playing and they come in and they attack your base and they start shooting up things. And it's, you know, then you got to get into dog fights, <laughs> which is a whole nother aspect of trying to fly this thing. It's really tough with a, um, a mouse and a keyboard to try to fly. At least I'm finding it that my brother who plays it also, but he uses a hand controller says it's a lot easier. And I guess it's, you know, I guess it's a style I've never learned how to play with a controller. So, um, so that's one thing, but um, yeah, it's it's there's it seems like there's just like an almost an infinite amount of things to do. There's all types of oh yeah, the, one of the things I found is really intriguing is too is you don't necessarily know how to speak the language of all these aliens, so you kind of learn by practice. And there's these things called knowledge stones where you'll learn like one word of an alien language and then you you try to build up your vocabulary and as you do you're more able to communicate with the aliens at the space stations and stuff like that will then give you more information and oh, you know neat. be friendly towards you and you get like reputation with them whatever so nice. it's actually i find it a lot of fun i what one of the things you can do if if you anybody that's ever played the game like uh, subnautica 
it's very similar to that. And, you know, it's a building game, but there's also a little bit of a storyline behind it. Um, but, um, but, you know, it, essentially it's a lot on building and exploration, gathering materials and stuff like that. So if that's up your alley, that's the type of, you know, it's a good game for that. So. How um, flexible would you say the building system is for like creating your own style of things? I, I haven't, don't have a lot of experience with it, but you can do a lot. There's all types of materials you can buy and you can buy, you can find and purchase a variety of different types of, um, blueprints. So, I mean, I know the other day I was, I was looking at something and I found, uh, um, a blueprint for, um, it was a circular room with windows, <laughs> you know, type thing. So I guess you get all the materials together and you just put it down somewhere. You but can it's also prefab stuff like it, it. It's well, you buy, you buy. No, you actually can build like walls. So like, okay. so I have like you know a side wall, a roof, a wall with a door in it, wall with a window in it, you know, a wall with a door in it, that type of stuff. And the, there's a variety of materials. I for you first learn how to do it with wood. But then, you know, which is carbon based stuff, but then there's stone and then sheet metal and then there's other things. Plus, then you can put glass in. Um, you can also manipulate the terrain. So um, you can dig a hole and put your base underground, which, you know, some people I'm sure would like to do <laughs> kind of secret bat cave type of thing. But um you know, there's that type of stuff. And the terrain manipulation is pretty easy. Although there is a limit to how far you can go down because the other day I was playing with my brother. We were, we were being chased by the one of the antagonists, which are the Sentinels. So if you start collecting too much material, they'll start blowing you up. And so we were digging a hole in the ground to get, a, get away from him. We went down to a point where he can't go any farther. <laughs> but it was pretty fun, you know, but you can make tunnels in the ground. You want to go from one place to the other. You can just make a tunnel, which is what he was doing to get back to where our ships were because we were just <laughs> wandering around. You can tame animals. Um, you can ride the animals. You can make uh, vehicles. And then you could obviously ride them. So, you know, that's better for going around on the terrain. I saw a blueprint the other day and I was reading something. Apparently, there's some worlds that are all water based. So there's a whole bunch of uh, building materials for building underwater facilities mm -hmm. and underwater exo vehicles, which are like, you know, like a submarine or something like that. So you could travel underwater. I haven't seen any of that the, with the latest expansion. And um, I was there seems like when they first started this game off, it was kind of clunky and there was a lot of issues, mm -hmm. but they've made some real serious uh, improvements of it. And I'll tell you, it, it, it actually plays pretty flawless as far as I'm concerned. I'm, you know, the, I know that it's coming to the Mac side and I think people are going to really, you know, really like this because it's, it's, it, if it works as well as it does under bootcamp on windows, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal game. And, uh, you know, the graphics aren't what I would call the same quality as a game like uh, New World. It's a little bit more, you know, cart I would not say cartoony, but a little bit more drawn graphics rather than, you know, photorealistic. But that's not really a big issue. And, um, you know, so far it's been... Um, pretty well and i haven't run into any i've run into one or two glitches 
but most of them were, you know, pauses in the game while the computer figured out what the heck was going on. And then it came back up again. I had one crash, but um, that that was because I tried to change my graphic resolution and it didn't the game didn't respond very well to my change. So it just kind of locked up on me. But um, (laughs) yeah, so far, it's been a lot of fun. So I don't know of what else I can say about it. Um, it's a big universe and apparently everybody that plays, I don't know of this for a fact, but it seems like this is what I've read is that when you play a game, if you're playing independently, the entire universe is rolled specifically for you. And there are things that would show up maybe in yours that would never show up in mine. And there's a low probability of some really fantastic places being in there. So, um, you know, it's like it behooves people to explore and look for stuff. So that's actually the one thing that makes me like think I'm probably not going to enjoy the game because I often feel like games that randomly generate things make those things less interesting because they're not handcrafted and they're not placed there by design. They just, oh, I guess that's there. I guess there's a planet that looks like this randomly for no obviously designed or artistic reason. Like, I feel like I would often um, get bored with the exploration aspect just because it is just like press a randomizer button and, oh, that's the planet you get or that's the terrain or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to have to see how that works in the long run because, like I said, I've only explored two planets so far. And oh, I haven't really explored them, but I've visited. And, um, you know, there's a lot of differences. Actually, three when I count another one I had to go to for something. And, um, you know, they, that might be an issue. I don't know if there's standard ones and then there's a handful of ones that are random or if it's all just random. But, um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, having played... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, yeah, I can't think of the name of it. Um, was that Andromeda? Andromeda. Oh, oh Mass Effect Andromeda? Yeah, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Those worlds seems like they were all crafted, like you're talking about. However, they were very limited. There was only so far you could go, and, and there was like, okay, here, there, and everywhere. So, But it was, you know, it was crafted, and, and, and so that was kind of interesting, and there was a lot of storyline with it, and when you went there, the, the, the local aliens would, uh, you know, send you off on little missions or whatever. So that was, you know, that was a lot of fun, but, um, I, um, yeah, so that this one's a little bit more, you're left on your own. Yeah. Although, you know, again, I have to explore it a little bit more before I'm going to be a hundred percent certain on that. It's, it's funny you bring up Mass Effect Andromeda because that's actually what I'm mainly playing these days. And I okay. really enjoy like that, the handcraft, yeah. the guided nature of, a game like that right. I do too. Than, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that and I'm I'm really surprised I'm enjoying this game. So it's really funny because most of the time like in a game it's like okay, what do I do next? Hmm. And um then you know it, it, where this game here so far I haven't got to the point where I'm standing there going, "Huh, now what do I do?" you know, which is I'm really surprised. I've put in about I don't know, probably about 30 or 40 hours at this point. Okay. And uh yeah, so, but, um, yeah, but I, like, with Mass Effect Andromeda, there's a lot of things, and it keeps pushing, you know, keeps moving you along, which is really good, so, and I like that, so. Probably gonna have to uh, try No Man's Sky when the Mac version comes out. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's worth a try, it's, you know, I'm kind of enjoying it, but then again, you know, it's a style of game, and some people might not like oh, that yeah. style, and I could see that, 
Yeah. Nice. I can over. I'll always update in the future if I figure out something new or I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you've enjoyed it for thirty-ish hours, then I would say, regardless of what comes next, you probably had a a good enough run where it's decent enough to recommend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would recommend. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ted, for that detailed overview of No Man's Sky. Interesting to hear about your experiences and playing with your brother. That was fun. We are going to need to wrap this up for today, and hopefully we will be back next week with more frequent and uh, concise episodes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you guys for being here, and we'll catch you next time. Well, um, thanks for this time. Nice having an episode. Cheerio. Yep. Okay. Thank you. That was fun, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Good night. Bye-bye.